Welcome to the Life After Sugar podcast. The podcast that's not just about sugar, but about your relationship with it and also with food and especially with yourself. So if you want to discover your life after sugar and hear inspiring stories from all kinds of people who also cut out sugar in their way, at their pace, for their own reasons, this is the podcast for you. Because you know, when you take away the sugar, you can finally discover the real sweetness in your life. I'm your host, Netta Gorman, and this week's episode of the Life After Sugar podcast is brought to you by the After Sugar Club, which is where you'll discover the key to making your intermittent fasting lifestyle easy and natural. If you're already an intermittent faster, you'll get all the support, the guidance and the accountability you need so that you can continue your fasting lifestyle without being bothered by cravings or mindless snacking because you have all the tools you need to pair together an easy sugar-free lifestyle and a joyful intermittent fasting lifestyle. And if you're not an intermittent faster, but you're curious and interested in starting, then the After Sugar Club is exactly the place for you. Because there you'll find a friendly, empathetic community of people just like you, who are on the path to being sugar-free, with guidance from me, Netta, and encouragement and accountability in our friendly group. Join us at AfterSugarClub.com. Now, this week's episode was actually recorded in April 2022, and it was a Facebook Live that I did mid-April, a couple of days after my birthday, which is why I decided to talk about how to celebrate without sugar. So without further ado, here it is. And today I am talking to you about how to celebrate without sugar. You may have looked at my YouTube channel, Life After Sugar, my Instagram at My Life After Sugar. I'm all over the place. And today I'm here also on Facebook on my page, Life After Sugar, to talk to you about how to celebrate without sugar. Is it even possible? How does someone do that? <laughs> and I'm here to answer your questions. Um, I wanted to tell you just quickly my background story about how I became sugar-free, and not just sugar-free, but happily sugar-free. You'll often see me smiling away <laughs> on all of the platforms. And even though I have the whole range of human emotions, um, I am often in a good mood and happy to be sugar-free. And this wasn't always the case. In other words, I wasn't always um, feeling so great because back in my 20s and 30s, I had really quite a few health issues, including digestion problems. I was chronically constipated. Um, we suffered from infertility issues, took four years and IVF to have our daughter, which happily we had a baby girl in 2008. Um, and I had a ton of other health issues, including mental health issues. Uh, I was depressed earlier on in my life and a lot of anxiety and just generally not feeling my best. Um, even though 
I didn't have the main problem that a lot of people may sort of connect to sugar with, which is weight problems. I had, I did have about, I don't know, 15 pounds extra um, of extra baby weight to lose after I had my daughter. But um, once I got into my 40s, I kind of thought, well, it's normal as we get older to put on weight and to feel a bit like, you know, achy joints and not feel 100%. And I used to get headaches a lot. And I even thought my digestion problems were normal. And um, when I was 45, I just, I was feeling so awful and suffering so much, I decided to get some help. And it was suggested to me in July 2015 to drop for two weeks only, two weeks only, to drop sugar, sweet foods, sweeteners as well, and flour or refined grains for a period of two weeks. So um, I said, no, thanks. No. <laughs> I was like, no, thank you. I will not stop eating my favorite foods. Um, and can you please give me a real solution to my problems? <laughs> One that doesn't require me to suffer even more. Um, and bottom line was I carried on suffering. And um, it took me several weeks of resisting the idea of cutting sugar and flour and sweeteners to actually give it a try, to actually feel like, well, look, nothing's getting better. Why don't I just try it? It's only for two weeks, right? And I did try it. And the rest is history. And I tell my story um, on the Life After Sugar podcast in episode one. I tell the story of Life After Sugar and how I became happily sugar-free for all these years, almost seven years and going strong. And again, it's not just a question of living sugar-free. It's not a question of what I eat or don't eat so much as how I see life and live my life. And this is what it's all about. And this is what I want to talk to you today about, about living life happily sugar-free and uh, how to celebrate life uh, and celebrations when you don't eat sugar and flour and everybody around you you can't imagine not eating sugar in order to have a good time so here's what I've noticed over the last seven years of celebrating life sugar-free first of all example Last Thursday, this, the 14th of April, was my 52nd birthday. I was 52. Uh, don't feel it. <laughs> Apparently, I've been told, don't look it. Fine. Um, it's nice to feel like I'm in good shape, right? It's nice to feel like I don't need anything that I don't already have to be able to celebrate my birthday. Here's my question to you. And you can answer in the comments. Do you think I had cake? Do you think I had cake for my birthday? This birthday and any other birthdays since I've been sugar-free, I was asked, hey, Netta, are you going to celebrate with sugar-free birthday cake? Because obviously you can make uh, or bake a birthday cake without necessarily using sugar. You can use all kinds of other things. But, you know, cake for me... It, I'm looking for an answer in the comments and then off I go answering my own question anyway. <laughs> Did I eat cake for my birthday? Here's a better question. Did I need 
to eat cake for my birthday? That I think, I think we get better answers when we ask better questions. And rather than staying in that paradigm of, well, hey, you need cake, otherwise you're not gonna get a year older, <laughs> you know? It's like you can't have a birthday, time stops still when you don't have cake for your birthday. And, you know, Debbie, you're right. Debbie knows me. <laughs> Hi, Debbie. And of course, uh, the answer is no. Um, and did I suffer and cry in a dark corner and feel like I was missing out and that nobody cared about my birthday because I didn't eat cake? Quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. Here's the fun thing about living life after sugar, as I call it. And life after sugar is like, synonym of feeling great and happy and not needing sugar or flour or anything like that anymore not needing it it's not like you're missing out because when you don't need those things you're not missing out on anything you just don't need them you're quite happy without them and so here's the cool thing about living your life after sugar for me at least my experience has been that my whole outlook about what I need to be happy and joyful uh, in my life after sugar. My whole outlook has changed from I need these things, and by things I mean foods that include sugar and flour, I need these things to treat myself, to celebrate, to be happy, uh, to, you know, fill in the blanks for anything that's missing in your life. And life after sugar has reframed this these so-called truths that I used to, to believe before into a way of living life where nothing is missing. I have everything I need. I feel better than I used to feel with the sugar and the flour and the products that contain them. And I don't miss anything at all. Now, how cool is it to celebrate life, not just once a year birthdays, but every single day to celebrate life in general? How cool is it to do that every single day Every single meal, every, every single time you're fasting, if you're an intermittent faster like me, and you're always feeling like life is, is good. <laughs> it's, it's happy and it's good. So instead of having celebrations that are, as I said, once a year or, you know, uh, for those who celebrate Easter or Passover or whatever uh, festivals are going on during the year, it's it's every few weeks, right? Or every few months. And rather than living life celebrating just a few times a year, it's up to us, I believe, up to the individual to decide, no, I want to celebrate my life every day, every day and several times a day, if you eat some, several times a day, if you choose to. And that kind of outlook is really up to you to decide how to do that. Um, and we have the power to decide how we live our lives. And what I mean by that is, we can either choose to give away our power to sugar and flour and those kinds of um, products to, to determine whether or not we can celebrate or have any fun in life, or we can take that power for ourselves and say, hey, my life is I'm celebrating my life today, choosing to enjoy it, and it's up to me. 
Don't you think that gives you like more power? And it's so really, if you came along to this live um, thinking that is going to give me all sorts of alternatives to using sugar in baked goods or in recipes, I'm sorry to disappoint you by telling you just how happy life can be without any of those alternatives, because life after sugar is in here, in your attitude, in your mind, in your mindset, and not necessarily in cooking in the oven. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that you can't have any fun eating all kinds of yummy foods. What I'm saying is a lot of people come to see me when they want to know how to live their life after sugar because they think they see me and then they're like inspired. They listen to the podcast, the Life After Sugar podcast, and they're inspired. But what they're thinking is, I couldn't do it. Netta can do it. Fine for her. But I couldn't do it because I would feel sadder not eating sugar. I wouldn't be celebrating. I'd be crying in a corner. I'd be unhappy not eating sugar. Netta, how do you do it and how can I do it? And my answer is, it's in here. It's reframing, reevaluating, redefining what food is, what happiness is for you, what treats are for you, and creating your own definition of what life after sugar is for you and what celebrations are for you. And I invite you to, to challenge me on that. And I'm so excited to introduce you to my new partner for this podcast, Medicine with Heart, which is an international functional medicine clinic specializing in difficult chronic cases of hormone imbalance, Lyme disease, mold illness, and digestive dysfunction. You can sign up for a consultation with their team to see if they can help reverse your disease. Find out more about them at medicinewithheart.com. Sort of on a more down-to-earth, practical, day-to-day -day basis. What happens uh, when we decide to go sugar-free is that, of course, we're surrounded by society and society's norms that dictate that you can't have a birthday without cake right and or that you go to someone's house for a celebration like this weekend for example and they'll offer you all kinds of foods that either contain sugar or flour or both and that don't necessarily take into account your own choices um, of being sugar-free and Actually, it's not up to them, I believe, to take into account your own choices. But the bottom line is, how do you deal with real life situations, real life celebrations where not everybody has made the same kind of choices as you? So how do you how do you cope? Not really cope with, but how do you live these celebrations uh, feeling good within yourself and not feeling like you're sort of the odd one out or you have to explain yourself or justify your choices, which doesn't feel very freeing when you're in that situation, right? So what can you do in everyday situations to enjoy a celebration and remain sugar-free? Because bottom line is sugar-free just makes you feel 
better physically, mentally, psychologically, emotionally. Here's what I found. First of all, it's no use attacking other people who have invited you to their house or into their, their lives. No use attacking them and making them feel like um, you're judging them or they're not okay because they're offering you food or eating food that you've decided you don't want to eat. So um, first of all, it's to be really conscious of the fact that other people have invited you or want you in their lives and they're well-intentioned and in no way do they want to make you suffer. And so it's no use making them suffer with your attitude, uh, for example, of telling them, no, I'm not going to eat that. That's poison. Sugar is poison. I don't think it's very helpful or, or very sensitive to answer that way. Um, but what you can do, one of the things you can do to make sure that a celebration is comfortable and joyful is if you're invited by someone that you know really well, family or friends, is to have a conversation with them before to say, listen, um, I've made the decision uh, not to eat sugar and if flour is included as well, or whatever it is that you feel you're, you decided not to eat, to tell them, I've made this decision um, and um, can we look together at what we can, what I can eat that you're preparing, or if I can bring something along uh, myself to eat, um, and talk about it ahead of time, so that the other person feels that you're not rejecting them, you're not rejecting their gesture of love, of offering you food that you may not want to, to eat, um, and that you're saying no thank you, not to the person, not to their gesture, but to that particular food, because it happens to make you feel either sick or in pain, or it gives you, you know, for yourself, and this was my case, that one is never enough, and that sugary foods or desserts or cakes or whatever, um, make you behave in a way that you don't want to behave anymore. For some of us, it triggers cravings or sort of binging behavior or, you know, um, one is never enough. And um, for, for people like us, zero is freedom. And we don't want to go back to eating um, those types of foods because we don't want to go back to having that type of behavior. And we're comfortable and happy not having that type of behavior anymore. And so that's quite difficult to explain to people who don't share that kind of relationship with those types of foods. People who can eat just a slice or just a, one chocolate or just a little bit and they're fine. You know, I can envy those people in some ways. But because I've made peace with how I behave around those foods, and I don't need them anymore because I don't need that behavior in my life anymore. It was toxic to me. Um, I've just found a way to have a conversation with people who I celebrate with so that everyone feels comfortable. And, and it's, you know, it's clear to everyone that this is how I like to eat. The fact that I don't eat certain foods or certain desserts has no bearing on how good of a time I'm having, on how much I appreciate the time I'm spending with the people that have invited me there. 
uh, with it has no bearing on how much I love the people that I'm uh, choosing to spend time with. You see the distinction between the food and the celebration itself and the people that I'm celebrating with. And funnily enough, since I stopped eating sugar, uh, it's actually given me the opportunity to actually appreciate and really be aware of how I appreciate who I'm celebrating with and why I'm celebrating so that it so that I don't give my power away to sugar to determine whether or not I'm having fun. It's that fun that I'm having in the celebration is inside of me. I carry it around with me. And what it's independent of what's on the table, right? So I'm totally capable of having lots of fun with the people I'm celebrating with, A, whether or not there's food on the table, B, when there is food on the table, it's food, I eat the food that I enjoy and I don't eat the food that actually doesn't make me feel that good. So it's all positive. It's all good. There's no negatives. So that took quite a a mindset shift from you can't have any fun without cake or you can't have a birthday without cake or you can't have a dinner without dessert or you can't have fun with people if you're not eating every single thing that they offer you. It took a mindset shift to say, whatever is going on on the table, whatever is served up, I'm having fun. I'm having a good time. And I'm celebrating the the occasion and not having to reduce that celebration to just certain types of foods. Does that make any sense to you? (laughs) Uh, Does that make any sense? I hope so, I very much hope so. And um, I'm wondering if uh, any of you have had this experience here where you feel either that you you kind of feel uncomfortable at celebrations because you feel like the odd one out or you feel that um, other people are judging you Or on the other hand, if you've had the experience of being perfectly happy at celebrations because you're perfectly happy with your choices of what you eat or what you choose not to eat. So I'm just wondering, uh, you can put it in the chat here or in the comments, if you've had this experience yourself, again, of, of either feeling uncomfortable and wondering how do I deal with these celebrations when I'm sugar-free or when I'm thinking about being sugar-free or whether you're perfectly comfortable with your choices and you've developed, if you've got any tips for others here, if you've developed any ways like I just described or other ways of appreciating celebrations, even if you're not eating the foods that everyone else believes are absolutely necessary to be able to have a good time, yeah. And funnily enough, people who love you, all they want for you is to be happy and comfortable and healthy and joyful. At least that's been my experience. And so if you are willing to be open enough and vulnerable enough to have a conversation with people who love you and who are inviting you to their celebration, then that already opens the door 
to a celebrationary conversation with them. All right, Tiffany, I'm perfectly comfortable at home, but when I go out, I still feel the desire to eat sugar and bread at celebrations. All right, Tiffany, is it what makes the difference between um, being perfectly comfortable with not eating sugar and bread at home and not being comfortable with the exact same choices uh, when you go out? I'm wondering whether, can you tell me whether... Um, it's social pressure that gets to you, which is totally understandable. There's plenty of it. Um, I'm wondering whether the, it makes you realize that at home you're kind of white knuckling it and it's not actually a deep down choice for you. You kind of um, do it because nobody's watching and it's fine or, or it, like all answers are valid. There's no right or wrong answer. So I'm just wondering and you're saying, Tiffany, it doesn't feel fun or celebratory, uh, celebratory without the unhealthy foods. Oh, my goodness, you do bring up an amazingly important point, right? First of all, it doesn't feel fun. And so this is subjective, right? So um, it's like we've, as I was saying right at the beginning, we've got this paradigm, this box of beliefs about this is what celebrations are all about. And if you take away one or two elements of what we believe are celebratory, then there is no more celebration left over, right? You take away the sugar or these, as you say, unhealthy foods. Where's the celebration? Like, how can you have any fun without unhealthy foods, as you call them? And, you know, it's it's so, like, logically or... or, or or objectively, it's like, okay, so we're, and I used to believe this, Tiffany, you're not alone. It's like we're saying, I can't have any type of fun if I don't eat these unhealthy foods. And what we tend to do is we tend to put a label on the foods being unhealthy. Whereas I have found over the last seven years of living sugar-free, is that the unhealthiness is not actually about the foods per se, it's about our relationship to those foods. And if we have this sort of um, relationship of not being able to have any fun in life when we're not eating them, then whatever those foods are, it's that relationship that's unhealthy, that sort of dependency that's unhealthy. And it can be different for each person. The food can be different. The relationship can be different. But what I found was freeing for me was to let go of, um, and it was a process, let go of that sort of dependency on those external factors to be able to have any fun. And when you carry around your fun inside yourself, as I said before, it doesn't matter what's on the table, right? And you're saying, um, especially at the movies, right? But you can't go to a movies without the candy and the popcorn and everything else, right, Tiffany? It's just, you might as well stay home, right? And believe me, I used to also believe that. It was like, well, what's the point of going to the movies if you're not going to eat that big thing of popcorn? Like, what's the point? <laughs> you know, as almost like, as if the actual movie at the movies and the people that you're going to watch the movie with is like inconsequential. It's like, well, 
you know and and in that case if you are believing that it's all about the food that you eat at the movies and i would go one step deeper what i found with talking to people and helping them to get sugar free what i found is that it goes way deeper than the actual foods you've got with you you'll carry around with you all those years of good memories of going to the movies and enjoying all those foods or going to a party and enjoying all those so-called unhealthy foods and for a long long time i venture to say they weren't unhealthy in the sense that you didn't have an unhealthy relationship with them because they served their purpose of making you feel like you're having fun and that you're part of the gang and that this you're doing what you're supposed to be doing when you're having a birthday party or going to the movies or whatever and you didn't question that what you were eating in these types of situations and that's just fine and usually what makes us uncomfortable and and fight against the change and ask me how i know um is the idea of well if i don't eat those foods in those situations anymore then how am i ever going to have fun in my life anymore right and and the idea of a life without those types of celebratory foods and and a, how should i put this what's going to happen to all my memories my good memories of eating those foods in those types of situations what's going to happen to those memories how am i ever going to have good memories uh, when i don't have the elements anymore to make those good memories i don't know if that makes sense tiffany and to anyone else watching here you know i'm not talking about the food anymore i'm talking about how we see the food how we relate to it and how we relate to ourselves and to life in general and to fun is like how can i have fun anymore if i don't have those foods and that is the uncomfortable question that we dive into right when when people kind come to see me for help to really get sugar free and live happily sugar free because they can see that it's possible because i'm doing it and i you know and i talk about it on my podcast all the time and talk to other people who are living not just sugar free happily sugar free that's the key and they're like but how do i do this and this is obviously <laughs> i don't necessarily dive into it um on a facebook live but this is what we dive deeper into yeah um and it makes sense to you tiffany thank you thank goodness for that because sometimes i feel that i go into all these philosophical kind of existential questions and then people watching are like yeah neta just tell me what to eat and i'm like yeah now i think i'm going to more talk about how to live way more than what to eat because staying at that surface level of what to eat give me neta give me a recipe for this give me a recipe for that give me an alternative for sugar i'm i go deeper than that you know you can get all of that stuff on pinterest <laughs> i mean all the recipes and what not that doesn't change how we decide to see life and live life and changing deciding to change how we want to live life so that we have all the fun without needing the sugar and those so-called unhealthy foods 
that kind of change in in mindset, in um, approach to life, and in our own identity, that is a big deal, a big change, very uncomfortable, and really difficult to do on your own, which is why I'm here, you know. But Tiffany, if that makes sense to you, then I'm happy because it means that, you know, we are talking on another level than just, you know, um, food, just the food or just sugar. So um, I'm happy that it makes sense. I'm happy that you get that this is about way more than sugar. And it's about way more than continuing in that box, in that paradigm of you need this food to have this type of fun and there is no alternative. I come along and say, yeah, actually, there's lots of other alternatives, but they're not out there. They're in here and here (laughs) and here. (laughs) And that's what Life After Sugar is all about. And... Tiffany, you're the star of the show today with me. Cool. Um, you know all the recipes. Yes, I know you know. Of course you do. And you've been struggling off and on the sugar-free life for almost eight years. Yeah. And it always comes back to celebrations and feeling entitled and, in fact, required to eat the nostalgic foods. Absolutely. Yes. You've hit the nail on the head, Tiffany. Um, we can... Um, focus on the food for years, for the rest of your life, if you want. But unless we get to the heart of the matter, which, um, you know, you, you, I think you're very brave and self-aware to say, yeah, I feel entitled, meaning I imagine if you're anything like me, meaning I deserve to have this type of food. It's only once a year I've been stopping myself from eating whatever it is, fill in the blanks, cake, popcorn, whatever, uh, every other day. And now for once in my year, I can let go and finally eat it. That is the paradigm and that I'm talking about. And I would venture to say that is very, very prevalent in the diet mentality. And I'm not saying you're on a diet, Tiffany. I'm just saying that's that type of mentality that I was totally stuck in all my life of I'll be good. I'll be good every day. And when it's my birthday or when I go to the movies or when I'm invited to this dinner or this event, I can finally let go because I deserve it. Because, right? Because I've been good. (laughs) And my approach to life, to life after sugar is you deserve it. That's a given. You deserve all the good things. What you don't deserve is to live every day feeling like you're denying yourself and then finally letting go once or once a week or at the weekend or on your birthday and then feeling you know that your that your life is sort of divided into no you can't and now you can you can have fun every single day of your life but it just you just don't need sugar to do it right? It's, it's so, it seems to be so uh, reductionist to give your power to have fun away to certain types of foods or certain days of the week or certain days of the year, right? And so this approach to life um, is, 
goes way beyond, as you can see, you know, you get it, you get it. It goes way beyond the foods. And it's not easy. It's not easy to make that mindset shift from these foods equal this type of feeling, you know, on this type of occasion to, I don't need them. I'm quite happy. Thank you very much. I don't need anything that I don't already have. Yeah. And that is an approach to life that makes for a happy life after sugar, basically. And, and even if you do eat sugar, let's say you decide, you know, I don't care. I don't need to be 100% sugar free like Netta is to have fun in life. Fine. Great. You know, it's, it, it's the free and how you feel that interests me that I want to help you with and not the sort of micromanaging how many grams you do or you don't eat of sugar. I don't actually, personally, I don't really care what you eat. What I care about is how you feel. Whether or not, at the end of the day, whether or not you eat a little bit of sugar or flour, whatever, right? It's how you feel at the end of the day that I care about and quite frankly, that I believe you care about, really. All right. Yeah, very interesting conversation with you, Tiffany. And I'm pretty, sh I'm, I'm really sure that others watching and listening either live or later on the replay will find something, some food for thought, excuse the pun, you know, <laughs> will find food for thought in um, the issues that you bring up, Tiffany, and that we're talking about today. Great job. Yeah. And um, thank you, Tiffany. Thank you for making this a, a meaningful conversation yeah it's um these are the kinds of conversations that i live for so thank you bye oh i love having these types of conversations and i love doing lives sometimes i do them on my own solo and sometimes i have really inspiring guests so keep an eye out for those because these interviews with my guests the lives that i do on facebook and my youtube channel and this podcast, they just go to show that whatever our backgrounds, whatever the health issues that we've been struggling with, cutting sugar seems to be the common denominator for making most people feel a whole lot better. And if you're looking specifically for sugar and flour-free recipes, as well as tips about looking after your gut health by making your own fermented foods and drinks, then you can find them on my Life After Sugar YouTube channel, on the Life After Sugar Facebook page, and come and subscribe to my Instagram, which is at my Life After Sugar, where I post pictures of what I eat, what I do, so that you can see that it is totally possible to live an active, happy, and fun life, even if you don't eat sugar. And for more free resources, Check out my website, aftersugarclub.com, where you'll find videos about what to eat, how to avoid hidden sugars when you go grocery shopping, and what the deal is with gut health and fermented foods. You can also download my simple guide to getting more energy. Go to aftersugarclub.com and click on the tab, Simple Guide. And if you're an intermittent faster, then I have five tips for you 
to help get rid of cravings that may be getting in the way of the easy and natural intermittent fasting lifestyle that you're looking for. You'll find those at aftersugarclub.com. And for a deeper dive into your relationship with sugar and how you can work towards freeing yourself from the hold that sugar has on you so that you can get to that place of joyful freedom from sugar that I've been living for almost seven years and experience what it feels like not to want, need or even miss sugar anymore, then the After Sugar Club is for you. Check it out at aftersugarclub.com And if this podcast is inspiring you to take one more step towards your life after sugar, then could I ask you to please scroll down and leave the podcast a lovely five-star rating and leave a short review to let me know how this podcast is inspiring you to break free from sugar your way and find the real sweetness in life. And if this is your first time here, don't forget to subscribe to the Life After Sugar podcast so that it appears magically in your podcast player every Sunday. Thank you for listening. That's it for this week. Keep in touch and see you soon for another episode.